Is my child ready for pre-K or kindergarten? How much should I be worried as a parent if they don't even know their letters or the alphabet yet? Don't worry, parents and caregivers. Today, we have a special guest coming to us from DC Public Schools to help us get to the core of this parent question. Danny Gua is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. She's one of my former students at Mount Holyoke College and a veteran educator of six years. She is brilliant. She is heartfelt. She is going to make us all feel a little bit better about getting our kids, our young toddlers, ready for school. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a great episode. Welcome to the core. Hello and welcome to The Core. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Allen, the owner-operator of The Community Classroom, a tutoring and academic coaching center in Florence, Massachusetts that serves students in Western Massachusetts and nationwide. I'm also the 2010 Florida Teacher of the Year, an education nerd, the stepmom to four teens and mama of one toddler, a runner, a lover of dad jokes, and an educator for almost 20 years. In this podcast, we will answer parent questions about education and learning. Hi, Danny. Welcome to the core. Hi. Thank you for having me. So I'm so excited to introduce our guest expert to our listeners today. Um, Danny Gua is a teacher in D.C. She works for D.C. Public Schools. She's been an educator of pre-K, kindergarten, first grade for about six years. So her focus and her expertise is early literacy, early childhood development. And um, I got to say, I'm just so proud of this amazingly brilliant woman because I had the honor of uh, teaching Danny at Mount Holyoke College when she was an undergrad. And now she, uh, we continue uh, to communicate and have a relationship. And um, she currently tutors with us at the community classroom. She works in pre-K readiness. So thanks for being here, Danny. Thank you. I'm so excited. Um, I'm so very proud. happy to be here. Oh, so proud of you and so excited. <laughs> so a parent question that we get from time to time has to do with kids being ready for school. And I feel like this question kind of has two prongs this year. One, just in general, like, is my kid ready for kindergarten? But then two, considering the dumpster fire that was last year, (laughs) the pandemic, um, is my kid ready for pre-K? Is my kid ready Mm -hmm. for kindergarten? Is my kid ready for first grade? So Danny, should parents and caregivers be worried? <laughs> I, <laughs> Make us feel better. <laughs> so I know like the first thing is the first thing is to worry because there's so many things happening. There's so many things that happened last year that, you know, stressed us all out. But I always say take a deep breath because things are going to work out. Once you have the right tools in mind, once you just take some self-care moments, everything will be fine. So don't worry. You know, there's things, there are resources that we have, there are people you can talk to. It's okay to be nervous and to be afraid, but I don't think you should be worried. Don't be worried. Okay. We'll get through it together. All right. So now that we have that peace of mind, what Mm -hmm. can we do to better prepare our really young learners for school? Mm -hmm. So there's so many, how much time do you have? Because there's so many ways you can make... (laughs) There's so much, so many ways you can make learning fun for 
our early readers, our early learners. And I think the key word is really fun, right? Like you want to make everything a learning experience. So even at home, I think that you can do so many different activities to help students or help young children learn without even realizing that they're learning. You know, you can make things so much fun for them without, you know, putting the pressure of just like labels and academics, because as they're playing and as they're talking to you and as they're interacting with you, they're learning. That's what babies do. That's what young minds do. They're like sponges. So they're soaking up everything. And so there's so many things we can do. I can break it down from literacy, math. I don't know which way. Let's do it. Let's, Let's start with literacy. What can we do? Okay. So in preschool, if you have young three and four-year-olds, you really want to do a lot of um, hands-on activities. And one of my favorite things is, um, first, I love to read with students. And I think you can do things like theaters. You know, you can recreate a book. You can recreate their favorite stories. You can give them main characters so that they can just recreate that and have a great time with you. So lots of reading, everyday reading, but also bringing those characters to life. Because when they get older, they're going to have to speak about characters. They're going to have to speak about settings. And you can just incorporate that through play and they won't even be nervous. So they'll be so ready by the time they get to those um, later grades. Um, I also think that you can do things like... um, for example, if you have dishes or if you have every everyday household items, you can use it and make it into a literacy activity. So, for example, you can say, oh, this is a dish. What's the first sound you hear in the word dish? And then just talk about like what each of those um, letters are and then just incorporate all those things. So anything in the house, bed starts with a book, you know, you can just start creating those early childhood foundational blocks for literacy. Um, What else do I love to do? I really do love having clothespins and just like putting letters on them so they can recognize them and just have students use, I always call them students, have children use those clothespins to help them with um, not only their motor skills, but also to identify certain letters. There's just so many things, like there's so many resources online And you can just do an activity a day. You can create a calendar to just do all those literacy things and, you know, daily activities for students and for children. Such great ideas there, Danny. So should we, as parents, be doing something every day? Like, should we have that calendar? Is that a must? Well, I kind of think it's a must. I do believe (laughs) it's a must. (laughs) If you can't do it, if you can't do, I'm not... I don't want to stress you guys out and say, you know, plan these elaborate things. But I think you should have a conversation as you do with your children every day and make it an opportunity to do something with literacy or math. And um, a lot of these things don't even require a lot of material. It's just conversation, you know, or just everyday um, household things. And so I do think the calendar helps and also gives them like a an idea of what to expect, you know, at school. You know, just build them up for school. So. I don't think you have to do like crazy out of the world, making <laughs> make a production of it every day. But I do think that little things every day will count and it will help out. 
I love that kind of framing um, that it's just like the little everyday things that mm-hmm. count with our kids. Um, and it doesn't have to be something elaborate or something with this fancy lesson plan for our listeners mm-hmm. we'll be sure to put some examples of those calendars in our show notes. So you can see what those look like, uh, but don't stress. It doesn't have to be super formal. Um, mm-hmm. And I love this idea that you mentioned about, you know, just helping kids fall in love with learning and keeping mm-hmm. learning fun. I think as parents, sometimes we can feel a lot of pressure to make yeah. sure our kids are like ready for the standards and mm-hmm. know their alphabet before they come in. I but, know. but truly it's just like fostering a love of learning with our kids. Learning. Yes. And I think there is a lot of pressure, right? There's so many numbers. There's so many statistics. And even as teachers, I do feel like, oh, are my students reading the way they're supposed to be reading? But I do realize that every student and every child is unique. You know your children, you know what their interests are. And I think just like making small, making small progress or like little things is just, it's going to make a big difference for your child. And so I know there's a lot of pressure, but I really just want everyone to calm down because we're going to do it together. And I do think that there's just so many little things and learning takes place in so many forms and we should celebrate all those moments. I love that. Celebrate all those moments and all the forms that learning can take shape. Mm -hmm. Quotable, Danny. that's quotable. (laughs) So does my kid need to know the alphabet before he or she or they go into pre-K? Kindergarten. The honest honest answer. Give us the honest answer. So, uh, okay. So when my students enter kindergarten, I I need things like, um, I look for things like, do they know the letters in their name? Um, Do they know some sounds? So they don't need to do, they don't need to know all of them. Ideally, they, they can, but they're going to learn these things in kindergarten. Like we're going to cover that over, especially in DC, they cover all the letters, all the letter sounds throughout the entire school year, right? So I know teachers, I know parents want to get a little heads up, but also you want to make sure that you're not just teaching students memorization of the letters, but that they really embody and know what those sounds are. And and if it takes a little bit longer and if they have to learn it throughout kindergarten, that is a natural process. Don't worry about it. So that's my honest truth. I don't know if... If um, everyone would agree, but I do think that um, in kindergarten, a lot of my students enter and they just know the, the letters in their names. Um, so, and we, by the end of the year, they're reading books. And so that little hang up did not mess up their end of the year results. So yeah, that's my honest <laughs> Like kudos to you for what you do in fostering a child's growth in a year from just mm-hmm. having them identify the names or the, the letters in their name to reading books. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a testament to your skill as an educator. Um, Thank you. But also, I think one of the takeaways for parents is that developmentally, kids are all over the place. Some kids are ready to pick up a book at two or three mm-hmm. and some kids aren't going to be ready till they're six. And it's so yeah. hard because we're constantly wanting to make sure our kid is okay and wanting to make mm-hmm. sure our kids are doing what they need to be doing. Um, but we can go down this really kind of spiky um, oh. wormhole of comparing kids, especially when developmentally, like they're all over the place and that's okay. Yeah. And it's okay. And 
I always say like every road is okay, right? Every road that your child needs to take in order to become the best version of themselves, it's fine. And I think teachers, once they enter the classroom, we don't just have one set of students. We have like different children that have different personalities, different levels. And you just have to understand what their map and what their road, their path is. So just like every child has their own special needs and their own special abilities, we just all have to take that and just like really work with them individually. So just, I honestly think that it's really hard to not compare yourself or compare, you know, even as adults, we compare ourselves to our peers, but just know that everyone's process and everybody's path is their own path and they're all going to get it and they're all going to be brilliant and they all have something to bring to the table. So that's my little my little message for all the parents that are stressing out. And every kid's brilliance is going to look different. And yeah, our job to and celebrate want, those Yeah, things. and you want them to be different, right? You don't want them to all be the same because then I'll be teaching the same exact version and it won't be that fun. And I wouldn't do what I love to do, which is like learning about different, different little people, you know, and bringing and hearing and laughing with them and learning with them and even growing with them. Because they're all different, different, different people. And I think that's what makes the beauty of being in the classroom. So, yeah. Danny, what is your favorite part about teaching kindergarten, first grade? Ooh, my favorite part about kindergarten and first grade is the laughter and me being oh. able to be silly, me being <laughs> able to be as goofy as I want to be and them accepting me every single day. You know, and I don't have to have any pretenses. And even when I don't know something, I'll, I'll let them know, hey, I'm not I'm not too sure about that. And then we research things together. So just being able to be myself in my most silly and outrageous form and being accepted for that is what I love about teaching young minds. You know, they just love you and they just take you for who you are. And that's my favorite part of it all. Oh, that just gave me goosebumps and totally made me miss being in a classroom full of tiny little people. Yeah, they're amazing. I really honestly think they're like the best, like young minds and young leaders, young learners are like my favorite. And I don't think I'll be out anytime soon. <laughs> Good. They've got, they've got me and they have me. They have me. They have my heart. So, <laughs> oh, um, so thinking about um, advice we can give to parents and caregivers, Danny, what are some great go-to tools and games we can keep in our houses um, to help our kids be better prepared for school? Okay. So the first one is Pinterest. Okay. <laughs> Pinterest, Pinterest, Pinterest. And um, again, with uh, things that I mentioned earlier, those activities, you can find so many versions of those activities on Pinterest. And in keeping things chill, because Pinterest has so many things going at you, you can just look at maybe if you want to do letter sound activities, click that and put that in the search bar and those things will come up and then see what you have at home. See what requires just a trip to the dollar store or Dollar Tree and just put that together. Even involve your, your, your child with that activity. So Pinterest is my favorite thing. Teachers love it. Parents love it. And that can help you with that calendar that I mentioned before <laughs> so that, you know, so that you don't have, you know, just thinking of these ideas off the top of your head. There's like a, a platform for that. Another thing I would do is I would create 
a learning book with your child. I love when children take an autonomy of what they've learned. So maybe you guys can keep like a weekly or a monthly diary of everything that we've learned in February, everything that we've learned in March. And then just show your, your child that they're learning and they're growing, which encourages them to continue to want to take those risks and to continue to want to learn. So again, the goal is to make sure that you, that children are learning and love learning, right? So then when you go back and you look at everything you've learned in January, and then by the time you get to December, you know, you know all these things and all these books, it's just going to be a great way for your child to say, hey, I'm pretty smart. Like, I'm pretty great. So those are the things. And I also say, I always say, keep your child's interest at heart. If your child wants to talk about a Japanese spider crab, find different things to <laughs> that, that um, encompasses that, right? Like anything, cars, if your child loves cars, let's sort cars by colors. Let's count how many cars we have. Let's create a car parking lot, you know? So keep your child's interest at heart. And I think that you wouldn't go wrong with those things. Yeah. The what was it? The Japanese spider crab. Spider crab. Yeah. So <laughs> the student, the, the student that I'm tutoring now taught me about Japanese spider crabs, and now I'm obsessed with them too. So, and I was I didn't even know that creature existed. So there's a lot of things that you can also learn from your child if you talk to them about their interests, and you know they can just impress you with all the wealth of knowledge that they do have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That just reminds me of what you were talking about earlier with literacy skills and communication. All those conversations that you're having with your child are building literacy skills. Those are the foundation yes. elements of literacy. It's communication. Yes. It's communication. Our ideas across and, and having mm-hmm. people hear our voice and understanding what others are saying. Mm-hmm. It's simple. Like just speaking and talking and being able to get your message across and able to understand what message is supposed to be received. It's just communication. And that is what makes a great, great literacy curriculum, a great literacy learner. So, yeah. Well, I am definitely going to get my learning book all set up. We're going to start that today because my daughter, even though she's two, she can tell us exactly what she learned. She can draw a picture and then we can Mm -hmm. help kind of scribe for her and and what she learned today because she's learning and she loves to go back and look at things that she's created, photos of herself, photos of her artwork and her projects. Yes. And you can just say, hey, like you're an author. We can use your, we can use your experience and. Yeah, there's so many ways to give children autonomy and to show them that even like those books that they're reading, they can also recreate it. You know, there's so many, we can just make our our children feel powerful and their ability to also produce work and also to be able to be like great learners. So yeah, these are, I can't wait to see that book. I can't wait to see what Cora, what she's learning and everything. Well, I will send you a picture later today. I'll uh, make sure it ends your way. Danny, any final thoughts uh, for parents or caregivers who might be listening? I just want to let you know that everything is going to be okay. There are tools available for you. You are an amazing parent. I just want you to trust yourself to know what's best for your children. And I think that there's going to be so many bumps, but you'll be able to overcome those bumps if you just stay centered and you need to make sure to take care of yourself. And um, yeah, those that's my advice. Everything's going to work out. We, we survived last year. We can survive anything. 
<laughs> oh, thanks, Danny. I'm going to edit that soundbite and have it as my alarm every morning so I can give myself a parenting pep talk <laughs> right when I wake yes. up. Yes, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're amazing and you're doing amazing and it's going to be okay. We're going to make it. <laughs> well, I hope everybody enjoyed their Danny pep talk. Um, <laughs> Danny, what an amazing gift you are to the students that you interact with. And thank you so much for being a guest today on To The Core. Thank you. I'm looking forward to just hearing back all the feedback and just hopefully you've been able to take something from it. And if anything, I hope that you guys know to be okay and to not stress out so much. <laughs> and um, one thing that I've discovered as a parent, if you are worried about something developmentally, talk to your pediatrician, talk to your child's teacher. Uh, they can definitely help give you some resources mm-hmm. and some pathways forward. So thank you for listening to The Core. Bye, Danny. Awesome.